We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where we interview real principals who are doing amazing things to help our students every single day. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter, at Jethro Jones. Today on the show, we have a great guest, Sam Ledeau. He's super inspiring. You're going to love this interview. Before we get to it, I just want to express my gratitude and appreciation for those who have downloaded this podcast and especially for those who have been guests on the podcast. Um, I had the first week of school at my new assignment as the principal of the middle school in Kodiak, Alaska this week, and uh, it was an amazing week of um, learning with my teachers, working with them, and then welcoming the students on the first day of school, and it was just amazing. And What made it so amazing was that I was able to implement so many of the things that I've learned from doing the interviews with these principals, and it has just been amazing. So, you know, if you're a principal and you're listening to this and you haven't started implementing the things that these principals are talking about, um, do what Sam is going to talk about in his interview and realize that starting it tomorrow will be 12 hours too late and just uh, start doing something today because the things that the principals have talked about really do make a difference and I've learned so much and become such a better principal because of it it's just been amazing to me so I'm really grateful for all that I've learned from these awesome people So I hope you enjoy this interview and I hope you enjoy all the interviews and that you are able to find something to take away from each one to make yourself a transformative principal.
start out by telling us uh, what your name is, who you are, and uh, where you're from, and how you got to where you're at. All right, my name is Sam Ledeau. I am in the um, Chicago metropolitan area, and I'm been an administrator for four years. I taught third grade as a homeroom teacher for four years. I then taught computer and technology classes for three years to kindergarten through eighth graders and have been an administrator for the last four years. Cool. And uh, what kind of a school are you administrator at? Uh, it is a school with uh, very high achievement, very high expectations, very high parental involvement and resources. Um, very, very supportive, very educated, passionate community. Okay, good. And what grade levels is that? Kindergarten through fifth. Kindergarten through fifth. All right. Um, and uh, what's the thing that's going on that you are most excited about right now? Uh, we have really unified the community, staff and parents. And that is really exciting because when you have 62 staff members and 869 parents working together, there is nothing that you cannot do. And we have seen that over these last couple of years. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I like how you know how many parents there are, 869. How do you yes, know sir. that, Sam? Uh, because uh, they, like I say, are very, very passionate, very, very educated, and they want to be a part of making our school a great place for our kids. Uh, so they always have input that they're willing to share. They are not bashful about doing that. And we are in constant communication, whether it's physical or email or Twitter, or however that may be. So, um, yeah, I know every single person that's out there <laughs> and they know me. That's good. Um, so you're in a metropolitan area then, right? Yes. Um, so you have, um, uh, there's a lot do they have a lot of choices of where they can go to school in, in your area, or do they have to go to their boundary school? They have to go to the boundaries. You can request a permissive transfer within the district, uh, but that's pretty rare. Is it? Okay. Um, so how do you, how did you get to the point where you are constantly in communication with all those parents? Uh, I think I've always... Well, I always thought I did a good job of communicating. You know, I would send out my uh, weekly newsletter that realistically became a monthly newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say it was about a year and a half ago when I attended my first ed camp mm -hmm. and just saw people doing things that I thought people somewhere were doing great things, uh, but didn't realize that those people are everywhere and right here. And I see that they're not learning things and then implementing them next year because we're too busy this year and already got things going on. But these are people that learn things and then are applying these things and implementing these things in their communities now. Or if it happens first thing tomorrow morning, that's 12 hours too late. Mm -hmm. um, so attending that and really connecting with people, I got into social media, which is something I was not in at the time and something that I vowed I would never, ever, 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 ever do. <laughs> uh, but I saw the way to leverage that uh, to strengthen myself as a professional and educator and to support those around me. Um, so very reluctantly took the plunge and it has been, I would have to say, the single greatest thing that's happened for me uh, in terms of being an educator and professional. Wow, that's that's pretty powerful, Sam. Tell me about some of the things that have that have been so powerful. Well, just true transparency and um, 
everybody thinks they have an open door policy, mm -hmm. uh, but some people's open door policy is see my secretary and she'll get it scheduled and that might be three or four weeks from now or maybe never maybe you mm -hmm. never hear anything and that's their open door policy but um being able to leverage especially social media uh if you can't come see me if you can't grab me on the playground i'm on the playground every morning before school every morning after school if you can't shoot me an email or a call we have created a school hashtag I'm always available on Twitter. So again, this is a community that's very, very passionate, very supportive, and they're busy like everybody's busy. And this has just given us a, a variety of avenues to get in touch with each other and have true transparency with what's happening in our school and for parents to have immediate input into helping things be great at our school. Mm -hmm and not waiting until conferences or the end of the trimester. Right, right. So um, do our parents actively using um, Twitter to communicate with you? Or is that like five or six parents over here, five or six parents are connecting on Facebook, and yeah. then most of them are on email? How does, how does that look for you in real life? I would say that as far as directly communicating with me, that's through email and face-to-face -face visits. But uh, starting our school hashtag, we had obviously zero parent followers because mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have anything. And we have about about 90 right now. Um, so that's really great. And then those people can obviously pass on that information. But that is instant feedback that, um, you know, you're not waiting even till the end of the day for an email. This stuff is uh, news in real time. So. The parents that access that, they're not directly contacting me, but they are contributing to our hashtag with suggestions and comments to help improve our school in real mm -hmm. time, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that I um, saw the the other day was, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick, was was somebody who said, look, look what came in the mail today. Thanks so much, Esladoa84 and man school for making my goal a reality and it was a um, teaching level certification for Catherine Cairns and <laughs> that looks like a, a a parent or a mom or a teacher excuse me is that yes. right yes um and so that uh what I liked about that is that it's saying thanks for making my goal a reality and that kind of positive um uh commentary on with your school's hashtag is is really powerful to me. So so talk about how how you introduced that, how it caught on, how people are using it now. Yeah, well, I think just like anything, um, you want to shy away from a top down decision. You want to shy away from authoritarian position and really create value, show people the value behind things. So when this stuff was when I was exposed to these things, uh, like I say, I, I vowed against social media, um, but I saw a way that I could leverage that professionally to improve our community. So I delved in and have grown in ways I have never grown before in my career. And that is something that excites me. 
Um, for me personally, a little bit, but because of the things I was able to do for the people around me, uh, my staff, my kids, my parents. So I was excited and enthusiastic to share that with my staff. Look, this is nothing you have to do, but this is something that has extended me. And here's what I've done. Here are what other people are doing. And take that, fit it with your style, and move forward as you see fit. So uh, we had a staff meeting to kind of show the experience that I had. So I kind of shared that. A few other staff members shared their experiences. And then people started asking questions. Hmm, you know, tentative questions. Well, what if this? Uh, how about that? Exactly how does that work? And so it was ongoing professional dialogue and kind of more and more people started jumping in. And then with that school-wide hashtag sharing the things that were happening and you can't argue with success. You can't argue with a positive impact on, on kids, with and for kids. Um, so the continuous sharing and showing of the value has really helped people get on board. Yeah. And so, you know, we are always saying it's not about Twitter. It's not about technology. This is another way to collaborate. This is another way to share. This is what I say is this is a great way for people that don't have time to get together and share ideas. You know, uh, we don't have common plan time. We always miss each other. Well, um, technology and especially social media provides a platform for people that don't have time to collaborate, like look at us right now. Mm -hmm. They can find time. They have a platform when you don't have time. So that has kind of been our base. That's cool. And so with what percentage of your teachers would you say this has caught on and they're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will? I would say um, before I got started, we had maybe a dozen that had accounts, professional mm -hmm. accounts, and probably five or six that were regularly active. Um, when I got started, obviously being the leader and having a greater platform to share experiences, uh, now we have, I think, 49 with accounts and probably wow. 22 or so that are regularly active, and that's on a staff of 62. Wow, that's pretty awesome, um, yeah. especially if the, the goal of the social networking is to collaborate and become a better professional um for 49 of your of your staff to be on that bandwagon and ready to do that at varying levels of success at implementation of that that's pretty amazing that they're all finding ways to to learn and grow um without uh without having to come to a staff meeting or attend a specific training for that that's pretty amazing yeah it's very exciting that is um so one of the things that I uh, that I also want to talk to you about was um, how do you um, balance the um, the difficult things that happen at school with um, being open and transparent with your teachers and your parents? Tell me how you deal with some of those uh, difficult issues and what strategies you use to still be transparent, um, but to not divulge things that shouldn't be divulged. Yeah, well, obviously there are things that are personal and confidential, and everybody knows where that line is. But for the other things, um, you know, there's a gorilla in the room, mm -hmm. and staff knows what that is, parents know what it is, and kids know what it is. Mm -hmm. So it's no secret. So we have really focused, um, and this was when I first started at this school two years ago, we really focused on having 
candid, respectful conversations and holding one another accountable in a supportive way. And that was really awkward and really uncomfortable um, when you're when that's not the culture and the climate. Um, and for us, it took a super uncomfortable situation where a lot of feathers were ruffled for us to start feeling comfortable looking ourselves in the mirror to say, look, this is what's happening. Everybody knows it. It needs to be addressed. We're not calling anybody out, but what we are doing is holding each other accountable in a supportive way in terms of our service to kids. This is not about personal performance. This is about our service to kids. And we all agree we're in this for kids. So if here's an area that's good, but can be great, let's work together to make that great. Mm -hmm. um, and it took a lot of work and a lot of, uh, a lot of uncomfort and awkwardness, but once you bust through that wall, sky's the limit. Oh, that sounds amazing. What I really like is that you redefine it as not personal performance, but service to students. And that is, that's really powerful. I mean, I, I felt the change as you were talking about that and how that affects what we do and how we do it. Um, talk more about how you, how you came up with that and, and what that means day to day with your teachers and students. Well, you know, again, everybody says that they're in it for kids, but if you feel that you're being personally attacked, then you kind of shut down. And when mm -hmm. you shut down, you're not sharing. When you shut down, you're not communicating, you're not collaborating. And then you're kind of in your own world. You close your door and you do your thing. And maybe every now and then you pop your head out and you tell us how awesome it is in there. Um, but if we are as proud as we say we are of the things going on in our classrooms, in our school, then that door should be open. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have opened those doors physically with uh, peer observations. And I am frequently in classrooms with entire days dedicated to being in classrooms. And we've opened the doors virtually now with social media. So um, parents, here is what is happening in your child's school right now. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's okay for them to catch the monthly newsletter and read 30-day-old news. For other people, it's okay for them to read a web a web page update every two weeks and read you know 14-day-old news. But for people that want to know what's happening right now in real time, this is touching those people. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your peer um, observations and how you implement that. Again, that's something that is difficult for teachers to start doing but once they do it they really see the power um how did you get teachers to to start doing that what was your first approach there uh again really awkward and uncomfortable and that's not the culture and the climate um just inviting people and again showing the value behind it so everybody here thinks what they're doing is awesome mm -hmm. but we're kind of shy and nervous and don't have the courage to share that so that either speaks to us needing to um, work on that communication to share, or maybe we're not being honest with ourselves about what's happening in our rooms. And there's nothing wrong with that because nobody's perfect. So it just started with showing the value of another ear, another set of eyes. And I'm frequently in classrooms and you know it takes some time to get over that awkwardness and and discomfort but mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable with an administrator being in there who are you comfortable with in there and my thing is you know don't go home to your spouse or go to the bar with your best friend and wish something was different at school 
come to school and talk to people who can help make that wish a reality. If you, you know, I wish my principal was in my room, but if it was so-and-so, I would really, you know, I would really take to that feedback. Well, get so-and-so in your classroom and have them mm-hmm. give you that feedback. So we talked about that and I have a standing, um, I have a, um, a standing invitation, I guess, for teachers that, well, you know what, our times are off. And when they're doing the thing I want to see, you know, I'm busy doing this. And I tell them, you tell me where you want to go, when and how long, and I will come cover your classroom. Mm -hmm. So we do not let schedules get in the way of us sharing and improving ourselves. So it just started with, I'd probably say a handful of teachers that had the courage to go into somebody else's room, because that's uncomfortable or can Mm be, uh, and a handful of teachers that were comfortable allowing those people in. And then they shared their experiences. And like anything else, when you show the value of, holy cow, I really didn't realize I was doing that. or I really didn't realize that's the way things came off because in my head it was working uh, so much differently. And, you know, now I've made this change and holy cow, thank you so much for that feedback. And thanks for the 12 minutes you spent in my classroom. You know, right. it's, it doesn't take much. So that grew. Um, and I would like to move towards where things come become a little bit more I don't want to say formal, but routine. Right now, it's still kind of in the invite stage. Um, So that's where we're at. And that takes work because relationships and building trust and respect take work. But uh, you pace it out the right way. Uh, That time invested, you will make it up a hundredfold on the back end. Mm -hmm. So what is the the purpose of your peer observations? Are teachers looking to give feedback to the teacher they're observing or are teachers going in to learn what the other person is doing? Yeah, it's a good question. So at first it was, let's just get comfortable communicating. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is you want, if you want to see what's happening elsewhere and they're willing to let you see, great. If you would like to offer them some feedback, awesome. If you would like to just steal something and take it back to your classroom, great. So that's how things started. Uh, Then it kind of uh, progress to giving feedback. Uh, here's one thing I noticed. Here's one thing I liked, and here's one thing I have a question about. And I would like to, I would like for the next phase to be for teachers to say, here is a domain. I don't know if you use the Danielson framework. Uh, we use the Marzano. Okay. So I would imagine similar, but I would like for teachers to say, you know, here is a domain or some components of the formal evaluation that I'm really focusing on or would like for you, for your eyes to take a look at this period or these 10 minutes or just during my intro or just during my uh, transitions. And if you could just give me some feedback there. So I would like for um, basically by the time teachers have their formal evaluation with me, it's nothing more than the conversations they've already had with each other that they're comfortable with because evaluation should be about growth and improvement, collaborative dialogue, and not an I gotcha, things weren't perfect, and teachers thinking things have to be perfect and stressing out about that. Oh, amen, man. Amen. That is, um, at my last school, we did peer observations, and at first it was awkward and uncomfortable. And I just started a new school. Thursday was our first day of school, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. It was very exciting. And um, it was a great day. And I was in teachers' classrooms that first day. And, um, you know, I'm, I have very much the same philosophy as you. um, But I could see that uh, some teachers were nervous that I was there on the first day that I was judging them that they were um, not teaching content yet. And, you know, I I had to say repeatedly, uh, 
it's it's about procedures right now and it's okay and and we're here to make you better and this evaluation form that i'm using is about helping you grow and be better it's not about finding a place where you make a mistake and saying ah you're you didn't do that right so now now i've got you and and that that's just not the case and um I hope that we can get to that point of peer observations also, because I've seen the the value in that for sure. Yeah. Um, what uh, do you have a process or um, a peer observation form or something that you use to document and keep track of their peer observations? At this point, we don't. Uh, my thinking behind that is I don't know that collectively we're ready for that, mm -hmm. uh, but we will get there. So right now, no, we don't. Gotcha. So right now it's it's voluntary and you're looking for positive experiences to help build it for other people. Is that right? Yep. Right now we're just building the relationships and the comfort level. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. And please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.